and welcome to the Roundtable. Bill Priestley here with you. And with all the talk about labor negotiations, how much tougher is it going to be in these tougher economic times that we're dealing with? Of course, talk about the debt ceiling. Also talk about uh, just the, the freight market in and of itself being a difficult bear to handle at this particular point in time. Joining us to talk about it is Randy Mullet, a senior advisor at Imaginoate as well as Lauren Smith, president of Skyline Risk Policy Group in Washington, D.C. Uh, Randy, let me start with you here real quick as we move forward. Um, as you look at the situation, this is obviously a very uh, tough situation economically for everybody across the board. I wanted to touch on a number of different situations. Uh, first, let's talk about one that hasn't really gotten much airtime uh, in the past several months or so, but the ILWU out in uh, California and the West Coast They've been at it since during the pandemic, and they still haven't figured things out. Uh, as a result, what are you looking at when you look at situations like that? Obviously, the federal government can step in in those uh, situations, but uh, that's got to be a, a, a much, much tougher negotiation now, especially for labor, knowing that uh, they really don't have, uh, they really can't bargain for too much, knowing that there's the, the economics simply aren't there for maybe possibly massive pay increases. Yeah, I, I have mixed emotions about that or mixed thoughts about that. Um, you know, the, the uh, longshoremen in Hawaii just got a 10% increase. So the folks in L.A. Long Beach are using that as their benchmark. L.A. Long Beach has also lost a ton of traffic uh, over time and uh, over recent time to the East Coast and to the Gulf, Gulf Coast ports. And the longshoremen um, know that. Uh, and they also know that that gives them a, a bargaining chip because the if they shut down again, even more of that traffic goes. So they're hopeful that um, all those other dynamics uh, offset uh, this glue, the, the doom and gloom from the, an economic point of view more broadly. Lauren, as you look at that situation out on the West Coast, obviously, again, they've been at, at it for a very long period of time. And uh, who knows what could happen, obviously, with these tougher economic situations that they're dealing with. Uh, labor had an amazing opportunity uh, when the when the money was rolling in, and now all of a sudden they don't have it, uh, and, or not all of a sudden, but they haven't had it for a while as that uh, situation has continued to deteriorate. How do you look at that situation, especially as negotiations possibly head towards federal uh, mediation? Well, it's really interesting, Bill. Uh, that was a strategic error, or at least, you know, strategic misfortune. Uh, by the unions that, that they didn't secure a deal uh, when times are good and the money was rolling in. Uh, however, that's probably a reflection of the, pa uh, the fact that the, the, the politics around uh, labor issues have changed a little bit over the past few years, and things are a little bit more populist. The um, unions are a little bit more grassroots-driven, where the leadership doesn't necessarily have the uh, ability to cut deals um, with the sort of implied consent of the membership. And we saw this last year with the rail labor issue, where in September, um, finally, the uh, union leaders had agreed to a deal with the rail carriers. And then all of a sudden, you know, one union after another, the members voted it down and voted it down until finally the um, uh, Congress and the president had to step in in December uh, to avert a strike from actually occurring. And so I think if you have that, you know, you have a, a grassroots driven organization, in some ways it strengthens a movement, but it also makes it harder to have sort of a, you know, a precise strategic direction. So we see sort of basically mistiming like this 
uh, sort of mistiming the market essentially. Uh, and so I think they're 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 probably going to have to take a deal uh, soon. But you know, it's um it, it is a little bit more of an unsettled situation just because you have a lot of unhappy folks at the, the ground level, the actual the actual workers uh, that are that are that, that want to see their leaders produce a better deal. You know, on the union side. Um, but, um, you know, they are going to be under pressure. And I think the government's going to be under pressure to make sure that it doesn't turn into a, you know, a, a total uh, a catastrophe. Yeah, Lauren brings up a great point. Randy, when you look at the situation, obviously the, the union leadership in and of itself has got to make the deal with management, but then they've got to sell that deal to their union members. Does that make things much more difficult for them, especially again, during harsher economic times, when they may not be able to get certainly what they could have gotten before, but now certainly cannot get now. Yeah, I think that that you're both exactly right on that call, that people are trying to um, uh, revert back to the way things were six or eight, ten months ago, and those times are past. The problem, I think, becomes, you know, the, the port owners and operators look out for the next decade. Uh, the, the, the labor union leaders are looking for a two to six year deal. The labor members are looking at it like now. And a lot of that's driven by emotionalism and not by logic. And and um, it just kind of is what it is right now. We're just in a different spot. Lauren, as we look a little bit forward here, obviously there are gonna be labor agreements and or labor contracts or labor deadlines that are coming up in the next six months to a year. And uh, given forecasts that certainly in the freight markets, Things don't look to be getting much better, at least for the next year or so, uh, given our own prognostications here at Freight Waves. If you've got a deadline coming up within the next 12 months at this particular time and your union and your uh, management, how are you going to approach that now as opposed to perhaps in better economic times, maybe perhaps after these things uh, pass and, and you may get a better chance if you're labor to get a better deal? Well, you know, we know from following the markets that there are going to be better times ahead, uh, but that's not really, you know, obvious or clear or certain. And and what are we talking about, 2024 or 2026? I mean, what is what do the better times really mean? I I, I would certainly I, I would say that you know from the management standpoint, this is a good time to be negotiating because things are are tough and it's unclear what the upward trend will be. Um, you know, I, I have to say, is with regard to decisions being made based on emotion, I mean, uh, you know, a, a lot of these folks, especially, you know, folks on the more middle working class side, I mean, the, the inflation is just a killer. I mean, it is just really, really tough right now with grocery prices. And I think a lot of folks that are on, you know, on, on more restricted budgets are just like, like, what is going on here? And I need somebody to do something. Uh, and I think that there, you know, you have a lot of folks that are that are making decisions based on, you know, what they perceive as, you know, hey, somebody's got to do something. And I don't know whether it's Joe Biden or I don't know whether it's the company or I don't know whoever, um, but somebody has got to fix this because I, I think I think a lot of working families are really are feeling the pressure um, from again specifically from from inflation. But you're seeing a lot of other factors coming now, and certainly if you're in the freight industry, you know, the the demand is down, and so the company's getting squeezed. And you go to the grocery store and you're getting you're getting double squeeze. Those people are in, you know, I mean, it's a really tough situation now, certainly relative to, you know, two, three, four years ago. Um, and so it's not really a surprise that there's a lot more unhappiness, um, you know, than, you know, than, than there was, you know, a few years ago. 
Uh, and, and that's why, you know, our politics has taken a little bit more of a populist turn. And I think, you know, probably we're going to see some, some, some difficult negotiations for these companies. But again, the companies at least do have from, you know, from their standpoint, they do at least have the legitimate uh, point to make that, look, we're not making a lot of money either. Uh, so we can't, you know, go, you know, we, we can't do a lot. But I think um, companies are going to be at pains to figure out what they can do because the employee retention is also, um, you know, a top of mind for all these folks. Everybody, you know, they're, they're trying to find workers. Uh, and I think that's probably going to be the biggest asset uh, from, you know, from the, from the worker side is just the fact that there aren't as many workers as, as companies are used to seeing around. Randy, I want to switch to uh, one other uh, negotiation going on right now, and and they're really I think there's not much of of a concern that it's going to go past its own deadline. But of course, UPS has that uh, July 31st deadline coming up, and Sean O'Brien has said that uh, if we get to August 1st, UPS workers are going to walk. Uh, in that particular case, looking at a situation like that, uh, and obviously others have preyed on that possibility by saying, hey, if you want to jump ship now, go right ahead. Um, but looking at UPS, it, how much tougher is that negotiation, if it is tougher, in these tougher economic times than it would, say, for instance, be, like you said, six, eight, 12 months ago? Yeah, I think it's tough for them, but they've remained very, very profitable. I think the biggest challenge for them right now is... Um, Number one, they're the biggest Teamster employer in in the country, and there's new Teamster leadership since the last contract. There's also new UPS leadership since the last contract. Right. So there'll be a little bit of dancing and things that are different, but I, I look for that one um, to be settled. They don't want the disruption to their business, um, uh, but it's going to be a hard, hard negotiation. Looking along those same lines as well, on kind of the other end of the, the the spectrum, if you will, FedEx pilots right now in mediation with the federal government in terms of trying to get a deal done there. Uh, if you're in a situation as large as they are looking at federal mediation, how much tougher does that get, uh, especially when you have to bring in the federal government, Lauren, uh, to try and solve uh, getting a deal done? Well, I think it'll be interesting with, uh, you know, if, you, if you're talking about an airline, you know, because the, the law is, uh, is a little bit different there and it's similar to uh, the railroad situation last year. Railroads and airlines are are governed under a different labor statute, which gives the federal government different powers to make sure that a strike doesn't happen and isn't isn't super disruptive. Uh, basically, the railroads and the airlines are national networks. Uh, they have a law called the Railway Labor Act of 1926, which is a little bit different than than most other unions which are, you know, sort of on a shop by shop basis. So I think, I think you may see the feds lean in a little bit more, um, to, um, to, uh, to, to, to stop a strike or at least to try to head one off. Um, but I think this is, I mean, this is exactly the sort of uh, tension that we're, tension that we're seeing around the freight industry. Uh, and just, you know, FedEx is in a, is in a tough spot with its, with its airline, um, you know, avoiding any sort of, uh, actual shutdowns. All right, guys, we've got about a minute left here real quick. Uh, Randy, 2021 was called, at least at the beginning of the year, uh, the, the year of labor. In other words, if you had uh, a, a negotiation going on, you were probably going to get rewarded for it, and many were. What do you think uh, the word of the year for uh, in terms of labor negotiations is for 2023? I think it's going to be the year of uncertainty. And I think that, that uh, uh, some people will do quite nicely. But there's going to be other ones that uh, it's going to drag out longer than we expect to, a la what we're seeing on the ports. And um, I don't believe all of these to be smooth. 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be that. Lauren, what's your word of the year for for negotiations? I think I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with inflation. <laughs> that's that's definitely definitely a factor in all of this. Yeah. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch these watch these topics over the course of the next six months to a year and how things move through there as well. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Bill. my pleasure. All right, we'll move on. We've got one more carrier update of the day. Uh, back over to the wall here to Thomas and Donnie. 